Hey, John, how was lunch? Uh, it was good, Ken, but I was talking to some friends of mine. They work at this other company, and uh, they're on a scrum team. They're trying to get work done, but because they say that estimation is too hard using Slack or Zoom, they're just having one person do all the pointing for the entire team. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I said. Did you tell them about HelperBot? HelperBot? What's that? There's a better way. HelperBot is a friendly Scrum assistant that enables your team to do planning poker estimation directly in Slack. It's perfect for distributed and co-located teams alike. Using HelperBot is simple. It works with Jira too. Oh, so instead of like holding up fingers on a Zoom call or, or using planning poker cards or just dumping out the whole thing and having one person estimate, you can have the entire team estimating in real time in Slack? You nailed it. Have your friends go to helperbot.ally.co where they can sign up to be a free beta tester. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let me go to that website right now. Oh, here it is. Spend more time planning and less time pointing with Helperbot. Hello and welcome to Scrums Up, a show about our successes and missteps practicing Scrum in an agency environment. While what works for us might not work for everybody, we hope our stories and advice are helpful. I'm John Ragazine, and with me is my co-host, Ken Medley. Ken, good to see you. You too, John. And welcome everyone to the podcast. Today we have a cool topic. We're going to jump into one of the pillars of the Agile Manifesto, individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Ken, what is the Agile Manifesto? That is a great question. So let's let's have a little history lesson here. Back in February of 2001, 17 of the industry leaders kind of got together at a ski resort in Utah to solve a problem about how could we as subject matter experts in this software development space, uh, do a better job, get more done faster, all that kind of stuff, uh, not be bogged down. And so they came up with what's now referred to as the Agile Manifesto. And it has four pillars, 12 principles. And what we're talking about today is the first pillar, individuals and interactions over tools and processes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny, like, um, it's such a seminal sort of document or artifact, but at the same time, it, it has this, I don't know, overly like folklore aspect to it. It's right somewhere in the mountains of Utah, like a bunch of white men got together and hammered out these rules. But (laughs) yeah, um, somewhat I've heard it referred to as like the constitution of software. Right. Yeah. So, 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 you know, semantics and I think, um, kind of history notwithstanding. The idea for today is, um, you know, one of the important things in agile development and agile projects, and especially in Scrum, is not getting, um, not letting your tools, not letting your process get in the way of what is important, which right. is the interactions and iterations that you do with your team. Um, and we've talked about this previously on, on the show. Um, a lot of times Scrum comes off as like very sort of like, mechanical or out of touch or, or stodgy or whatever. Cause it's like, there's all these things you have to do 
to to, right. to do to do scrum work and and really you know even when we talk about like yeah just do the three five three that's still like five whole things that you have to do every sprint you know five whole rituals and and you know you may have sort of like these what's even the three five three is a what but it's the it's the why that we're talking about here and what we want to make sure and what we want to call out on is sort of like we have all these wonderful tools and processes and sometimes they do not work in concert with our outcomes or what we need to have happen at a certain time. When I think of processes and tools, uh, I think of them as, does this help facilitate better communication, better teamwork, um, you know, better transparency on the team? If not, then I kind of think we ought to take a step back and figure out, well, then why are we using this tool? I don't want to have tools and processes in place just for the sake of process, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, even calling them rituals is kind of, again, getting into this sort of like, I don't know, like supernatural storytelling of <laughs> like agile, but like, you know, rituals, I like the, the term rituals. You could call them, sometimes that people call them ceremonies yeah, or meetings, whatever, even yeah. meetings, but like, I almost like, like the word meetings less. So I suppose whatever. Um, but even when you talk about these things, you know, there are sprints, and maybe you've been in this situation too. There are sprints where like, there's a lot going on. We have a launch tomorrow. We do not have the headspace to do refinement right now. Like our scheduled refinement that we always have, we're just, we can't do it. There's just too much going on. It will be forced. It will be distracted. It will be half attended, even if everyone's present on the Zoom call. And so it's like, to me, that's one of the things, one of the processes that could get in the way. It's sort of like, I have to make sure I do all of these rituals every sprint or else somehow I'm like cheating. You know what I mean? And so then you get into the sort of like forced rituals. Yeah. That reminds me sort of like the Shuha Ri that we've talked about on this podcast in the, in the past. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, when, when you're coming up against like a launch or something like that, of course we should plan for it. And in a perfect world, everything would be just sort of seamless and, and work just fine. But don't have, don't have one of these meetings or a ritual just for the sake of the ritual, like what is right for the team in that day? And, and if it's like, Hey, we're launching a new website. So we want everybody on deck watching, you know, metrics to make sure things are going. We're not crashing anything. Like it's going to perform well in production. Like, yeah, then all right. Hey, let's just cancel backlog refinement this week and focus on this thing or, you know, whatever's most important at the time. Yeah, or vice versa. Or sometimes if we wrap up early, sometimes we'll just be like, let's just do our stand up now rather than the time we usually have it. Right. You know, um, it's it's little, it's small things, but it definitely shows kind of like how you can kind of flex depending upon the situation. Um, another another uh, ritual based kind of change that we work on is sort of like in the academic world of Scrum, you do your sprint. At the end, you have your demo, and you show the things that you've done in that sprint to the stakeholders, and that's not always possible given our contractual relationships or given what clients availability or, or whatever. Um, and so sometimes we stagger our demos out. We'll do a, de a demo every couple of weeks. Sometimes right. the demo is a quick screen recording, you know, posted up to somebody in Slack or whatever. I, right. I you kind of have to like work around those things. Like if you're not saying like, we can't possibly show you anything unless it's at the end of a sprint and everyone's in attendance and we block off like three hours to do all this stuff. It's just, you're you're doing things for the wrong reason. You have a demo not for the pomp and circumstance, but instead for the look. This is what's going on. Isn't that great? Yeah, for sure. 
just a couple of hours ago, we did a demo of stuff we built. Uh, I want to say it was three sprints ago. Uh-huh. Uh, two, two, three sprints ago. And, you know, standard scrum would say, well, that's not how you do it. You know, you do it by the book and it's at the end of the sprint. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? The, the stakeholders weren't available until today. And so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we just made it work, you know. We still yeah. push things to production. Things were out there. It was live, you know, because we're demoing done work, you know, to them. And so, yeah, that's one of those things like don't let process and don't let the rules kind of get in the way of being productive and delivering value. Ken, you know, we're working remotely. We rely heavily upon technology. You know, like we're having this conversation over a video call. Uh, we're recording on these microphones locally and some other like software. Like, there's there's lots of tools that go into just the making of the show, let alone our daily work. You know, we have folks all over the place and everyone has their machines and everyone has the setup and everyone has Wi-Fi and everyone has this and that. And oh my gosh, uh, there are a lot of tools to web development and design. And quite often the tools, they get in the way. Yeah, I kind of think about this here. Here's an analogy that I use, right? Is it the right tool for the job? Is it helping you get your job done? Right? So this analogy that I like to use is when I think about somebody uh, making cabinets, like a woodworker, somebody doing carpentry, right? Their business is carpentry. Like they're making custom cabinets, let's say. So they have a nice table saw and they have, you know, all these you know, tools, chisels and things to take you know, just fractions of an inch off of the wood to make sure it's a perfect fit. But at the end of the day, they're not there for the sake of the tool. They have the right tool to do the job. They're not making custom cabinets with a chainsaw. You know, they're making custom cabinets <laughs> with a with a yeah. with the right saw, right? And you know, so when I when I think about that, like, am I using the right tool for the job? Is this helping, you know, facilitate, you know, what I'm supposed to supposed to get done? I, I think back to a story that you shared earlier uh, in another episode on the podcast, like one of the only times you heard your, your father use profanity was when a tool <laughs> wouldn't work. It wasn't yeah, the right tool for the job. You had one job, hammer. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Why aren't you being a screwdriver? So I tend to think like if we're using like our software project management tool or Zoom or you know Slack or Hangouts, you know, whatever the tool is, is it helping facilitate better communication, transparency, and teamwork across our team? Uh, if it's not doing that, then like I start asking, like, why do we have this then? You know, um, you know what what's the purpose of it? Because I don't want to have a tool just for the sake of a tool. There's a lot of cool things, you know, uh, out there on the web that we can use. You know, like you go into somebody's garage and you look on their wall and they're like, wow, look at all these wrenches and all these like, hey, how often do you ever use that? Like, uh, I never. Like, I'm like, well, why do you yeah. have it? It's still super shiny. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. I don't know. I think about when, you know, the saying like when, when every problem looks like a nail, all you need is a hammer, you know, that kind of yeah. scenario. Yep. Mm -hmm. And not everything is the same. You know, like sometimes the, those nuances are important, but you don't want them to get sort of like to block it. You know, like, have you ever simple, simple example, you're on a zoom call. Someone is maybe in a place without, with, with subpar Wi-Fi. And they keep cutting out. Their audio keeps going robotic. Yeah. What is the advice you give them immediately? Turn off your video. 
Yeah. Have you ever had that where it's like, hey, thank you for using your video. That's great. We want to see each other's faces. It's block. It's messing up. I can't hear you. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you're frozen yeah. and I can't hear yeah. you. So turn off your video. Do these things or like move to a different location. Like how, you know, sometimes folks just want to make something work no matter what, you know. Um you know, no harm, no foul to the BBC kids that run into the background of the the dad doing uh doing a, a news update. I think that's great, you know. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay to be like, hey everyone, hold on. Someone's at the door. <laughs> and like just pause things, mute everything and pause it. Rather than trying to like do two things at once or whatever. Like the tools are not uh they're sometimes can be a hindrance because they're so available to us. Back to the carpenter analogy, you know, if you're pounding nails. And I ask you like, Hey John, can you come over and help me work on my work on my car this weekend? And you say, yeah, sure. You show up with your hammer and I pop the hood and you start like wailing away on the engine. I'm like, wait, 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 no, no, no. Like we need, how'd a you know that that was my automotive skill? <laughs> like that's all I know how to do. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you know, your, your tools and your process are making my thing worse, you know? Right. And I'm like, why are you, why are you hammering my, my engine? You know? And you say, well, it's, it's what I know. It's what I'm good at. It's what I've been trained to do. It's like, well, that's that's great, but you know, maybe maybe we need a different tool. Maybe we need a different process. You know, right, right, to make sure that it it matches the work that needs to be done. Uh, we had a, a longstanding client. We have a great relationship. We work together on lots of different sites, lots of different initiatives. It's really solid. Um, we were we were doing a very important launch for them. We were leading up to it, and what I noticed was. Uh, work was being completed by our team for sure. The work that they wanted to see most definitely. It was just the UAT sign off. The like, yep, this is definitely what we want. Um, was not happening. It was, they were stacking up. It was piling up like snow during a blizzard. Um, and the easy thing to do would be like, well, we have a tool. We have project management software. We assigned to the person, their little face is on the ticket. Now they should just do it. I'm so angry and we're late because they never looked at anything. It's like, no, <laughs> like, um, once I got over myself a little bit, it was like, oh, Hey, I will do this. If this will help you, I will just output everything into a spreadsheet. Like you're cool with spreadsheets. You're not cool with this software. You love a good Excel doc. So I can like just update that every day. It takes like a minute or two. I can automate a lot of it and take all the time on my side. So then I'm meeting you where you're at. You have to look at one thing and be like, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no, no. Like rather than like go to this software and sign in and remember your password and then move it through a workflow that you might not realize what it is and assign it to some, just like take all of those things out of it. You know, if all yeah. they wanted to do is be like, what do I need to look at? Where do I look? I will tell you right now, yes or no. I was very happy to do that after a while. And work was just humming through our workflow after that. You know what I mean? And if it was happening in Slack, I would just like copy the link like they approved it in Slack. Here's the link. We have all the the sort of like documentation we may want. And we're not letting like the fact that like, you know, an interface is sometimes like (laughs) suboptimal for for people to use or they're not in there all the time. Like we're we're in Slack all day. We're in our project payment software like all day long I have it open. So clearly we're looking at it. Not everybody is the same thing. Not everybody even has the Slack app installed. Some folks are opening it up in their browser. So right. don't ping them in Slack once and be like, well, they didn't get back to me. You know what it's mean? Like ask folks. Some folks are like, hey, I have trouble getting on Slack at work, but you can email me anytime you want. So email what you say. You know what I mean? Just like don't stop with like I tried one thing and that didn't work. So I, I quit. You met them where they were at, you know. 
you valued that individual and that interaction that they needed over your tool and process, you know, like, Oh, you need this in a spreadsheet. Cause that's easy. All right, great. I'll make a spreadsheet for you. I'll even automate it, update it every day, whatever, you know, if that's helpful for you, because you're showing them, I value you as the individual and what you need more than my project management tool, you know, that exactly. we use. It's like, yeah. Hey, I set it up. I, I made awesome titles for these, you know, individual tickets or whatever in our support software. Uh, can't we just use that? Um, yeah, you know, it really comes down to like, why am I here? You know what I mean? I'm not here as a scrum master to be like the like czar of process, to be like, you must do right. it this way. You must input it that way. Instead, I'm like, I'm here to like keep things moving forward. And sometimes the best thing that you can do to keep things moving forward is to take out all the, the cruft, all the tools from it. And instead, just be like, I just want this thing. The project is not going to slow down. We're going to figure out how to move forward together. And that's why we're here. John, I have a question for you. You know, we plan sprints, we have sprint planning, and we're looking at our velocity, our capacity, how much can we actually get done this this week and that sort of thing. But then in Scrum, we also have this thing called a buffer. Tell me a little bit about how does that play into uh, individuals and interactions over process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So you know, in, in, again, in sort of like this perfect, like process driven world, we have our planning, we map out what we're going to do this week. We attach points to it. We set priorities and then we have our plan and like, we have our plan for the sprint. Um, mm -hmm. and then like reality sets in and you have to be like, oh my gosh, like something bad happened or, or we were surprised <laughs> right. by something or like suddenly something else is important or, or whatever it is, you know, it causes you to rethink your plan. Um, rather than be caught unawares, like rather than like pack ourselves to the gills with work so that we can't possibly shift or change like the uh, battleship mentality. We're so big and bulky. We can't possibly turn. Um, right. instead we have this idea of a, of a buffer ticket where it's based upon historic data. It's a guess. And it's like, usually we have about, uh, enough stuff that crops up enough interrupts that crop up that we, you know, have 10 points of extra work, for example, in a sprint. So we would bring a 10 point buffer. And as things come in, we're not committing to more points. We're not committing to more work. We're debiting from that as we go. And then we could be flexible with sort of like, hey, can we just do this other thing? I'm your client and you like me. Like sometimes it's an emergency. Sometimes it's just like, uh, uh, you know, interpersonal emergency. Right. It's like, you really helped me out if you did this one thing that my boss is looking at because they've been on vacation for three weeks and now they're back and I didn't know it was important or, or, or whatever it is. So, you know, that's one way that you can favor sort of like that individual interaction over over that. Um, another thing is sometimes based upon our client meetings and stuff, we know that we want to do about this much value delivery, about this many story points for a client, but we don't know what those items are yet. So we'll have like a, hey, this is just a hold. You, you, you know, client A, we will, we know we want to do like probably around, you know, eight points or whatever of work for you this sprint. We don't know what that is yet. You have a big meeting. The board meeting is tomorrow. Maybe like you'll get some new things that are approved or set up or whatever. So we're going to earmark that for you. And then we'll actually figure out the details later. You just have like a, an eight point placeholder ticket until we have more definition around that. No, exactly right. Yeah. And then, and then what comes in is like, okay, you know, I talked to the, the person I had to talk to or the board signed off on these like budgetary plans or whatever. And now we can do that thing and that thing. 
you know, and yeah. if that matches up to the points, great. If it doesn't, maybe it's still okay. But it's sort of like, rather than having this idea of like planning is when we add work and we commit to it, you have to kind of just, it's almost like go with the flow type of stuff, which gets dangerous if you never have a plan for the flow you kind of have to stay like loose and like making sure that you're favoring the right things with scrum but you also right. want to make sure you have you know firm lines on stuff like i'm not being like yeah client just you know bring whatever we'll do it it's sort of like don't worry i know you don't have your work ready yet we'll reserve this amount of of space this is what we'll fulfill and we'll work with. Um, but you don't have to sort of like be like, it's not like drink from the fire hose time. It's more like, we know you're going to bring a box. This is the box. Okay. Now we know what's in the box and you, and you brought it. Um, it's yeah. having a little bit of definition while still being quote unquote agile. Yeah. We're not saying that we're not going to hold you to having good user stories, you know, that the work isn't ready to be brought into a sprint. That's not what we're saying. You know, we're just saying that, Hey, we're just going to put a placeholder in here because we know that definition is coming. Right. But John, I wanted to circle back to something that you, you said earlier about people and the individuals and interactions. I hear a lot of times businessy jargon, project management jargon kind of work its way in. And really when I stop and break down what folks are saying, what they are talking about is the needs of people. I'll give you an example. How many times have you heard, well, we need to respond to the business needs or the business needs this right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the business. Who, yeah. <laughs> who, who, is, who is the business? It's, it's those other people. It's those other folks that aren't like on my deadlines. They're giving me deadlines. <laughs> right. And why do they need something? Well, ultimately, it's because usually the end user, whoever is using your product, needs something to happen, you know, needs something. So when we say we're responding to the business needs, we're what we're saying is like, well, we're responding to our customers, whoever our stakeholders are, the people, there's individuals behind the business that need something to happen. And if we didn't respond to that, you know, could you imagine like what it would be if, if we just said, Hey, well, I understand that you need this right now. I understand you have an emergency. I understand you know, something changed or maybe a stakeholder or someone on your side, your boss, like really needs you to do this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm sorry, but our process is that we can't do that for another three weeks. Right. It suddenly becomes like a big, like, Hey, look, submit a change request. I'll run <laughs> up to legal. You know, they'll go right. back to us in a while. We'll take it down to, to bookkeeping. We'll move it over to records. And like in 18 short weeks, you will have your answer. You know, it's right. like, it's bureaucracy is kind of like what, what that is, but it's true. It's like everybody is, you know, at heart, everyone's a person that you're working with. And right. even if like, it's sort of like, um, it reminds me of, have you ever heard, um, you know, the, the parable of the villages. I'm not sure if that's the exact title. Yeah, let's hear it. A person's traveling across the wilderness and they get to a town and they're like, oh, this is so great. I finally got to, got to a town. I can like resupply. I could take a rest. I can maybe get a meal, like a hot meal and a shower or yeah. a bath or whatever, you know, that kind of a thing. And so they get all that and, and, and the people start talking to them. They're like, oh, you know, where did you come from on the road? And he's like, oh, I came from the, the town on the other side of the mountains. And they're like, you came from there? 
and you got out in one piece, I hear those people are, are vicious. I hear that their morals are corrupt. I hear that they're just dangerous people. How did you get out of there in one piece? Did you have to fight your way out? And the person's like, well, no, I just kind of came through and did what I had to do, peddled my wares, and I kept moving. And they're like, well, you must be a, some, some brave person. Listen, stay here. We will treat you right. We will shelter you. We will feed you. You'll be all set. Uh, where are you going after you leave us? Oh, I'm going uh, across the valley to the uh, to this town, you know, whatever the name is. You're not going to go there. Those people are worse than the, than the people on the side of the mountain, you know. Uh, they're, they're awful, brutish people. You will not survive. P- please don't go or, or t- take, take, take some of our finest warriors with you, whatever it is. No, I'll be okay. And the person walks and leaves, and they had a great time at that village. They get to the next one after the valley. Oh, come come in. We we're here to we're we're here to shelter you. We're here to feed you. Where did you come from? Oh, I came from this town on the other side of the valley. You did and you got out of there with your head still on your shoulders? I hear that they're awful, awful, violent people. And so I only tell that story in so far as to to say like there is um and I don't want to get too serious about it, although it can take a serious tinge. There is a real danger in making um someone into a they. Like it's us versus them. Right. It's work versus the business. It's agency versus the client. It's developers versus the designers. It's like yeah. the PM versus the PL. Like whatever it is, like when you have these these camps, these different camps of, of uh, kind of conflict, it doesn't serve anybody any good. You have to break those things down and realize that everybody is a person. You know what I mean? Someone's not like freaking out about a product being late because they're mean. It's because they have someone else breathing down their neck and they have someone else breathing down their neck and then they have customers who are upset or like someone can't get what they wanted to get. So there's always like a human side of thing, a human face to it, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. As a scrum master, I try to pay really close attention to the, to the language when I hear, uh, when we talk about a team, right. You know, the team's like, well, we did this, well, we did this, we did this, you know, um, we worked with the client and, and we did this, we launched this site together. Uh, and then I, I pay really close attention to when the, we turns to they, because yes, we are a team here at Alley. We are a business at Alley. But when we say we partner with folks, when we, you know, have clients, like we're working together with them. It is, it is still a, we with our clients. And all of a sudden, if that shifts to, well, they didn't get us the design on time. Well, they didn't do this. It's like, well, no, we we failed to plan to get the designs on time. Yeah, it's it's a broader project team. It just happens to involve the clients in this case. Yeah, I mean, the world could use a lot more everyone's in us and a lot less there or them out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Two Scrums Up is hosted by me, Ken Medley, an Agile process leader at Alley, as well as the director of Agile Process, John Ragazine. Our logo is by Kelsey Lakotis, and our theme music is by Chris Montgomery. Two Scrums Up is a podcast distributed by Alley. Learn more at alley.co. John, I value you as an individual and the interactions that we have. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, one thing I need from you before we go is to tell me what is the Fibonacci number of the day? Oh, the Fibonacci number of the day on interactions with individuals is in honor of high fives. The number is five.
When you're going through hell, keep going. It's a country song. It's also a quote from Winston Churchill. High-fived yourself.